Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. It's been a while, but I'm happy once again to have Greg Thomas back on our podcast. This will be our 11th podcast together. We've been covering an ongoing series of interesting topics on the subject of business and personal leadership development. Greg is a business consultant, author, keynote speaker, and a personal life coach whom I have known for a long time. As a reminder, you can learn more about Greg's training skills on his YouTube site. Simply type in Leadership Excellence Channel. That's Leadership Excellence Channel on the YouTube homepage search bar, and you'll find him. So in the past, we have spoken with Greg about personal leadership, business leadership, servant leadership, and most recently, how to have a fulfilling and productive day. Greg. Welcome to our 11th podcast together. Wow, 11 already, Vic. That's kind of cool. It's good to be with you today. And last time we spoke on my YouTube channel, since you mentioned it, I had 1,223 subscribers. And as of today, this morning, I have 3,290 subscribers. So it's a tremendous amount of growth in the few months since we've done a podcast. And I certainly give a partial credit to you. Uh, the cubic report and thank you for it and i'm delighted to be here today with you well that's so exciting to hear i'm glad that we had a little part uh, whatever that part may have been to promote the podcast the channel uh, your work that's exciting to us to see people wanting it and desiring it mm -hmm. now greg you seem to be an upbeat coach who promotes a mindset of being positive what are your views and how did you come to this and Tell us about the topic for today. Okay. Well, I thought of what I would do today is talk about to kind of come full circle from some of the discussions that we've had and get back to talking about the power of choices and the importance of having a positive mental attitude and avoiding negativity in our lives and why that's so important. But I thought I would begin uh, by answering a question that I am often asked because it's a very popular topic in some circles, and that is, is there any validity to the law of attraction? So with your permission, I'd like to talk about that a little bit because that's a question that I'm asked quite often. Well, that's very interesting to hear because I've known about the law of attraction mm -hmm. or subjects relating to it, and uh, sometimes they are very exciting in how people present them, and at other times, they are shrouded with a dark cloud. So mm -hmm. I'm really glad that you are talking about the subject to give us insight. Yeah, I thought that would be a good introduction to our discussions today. So the law of attraction is like anything that becomes popular. It has some elements of truth. After all, uh, anything uh, that's a distortion in order to be believable must at least have a few elements of truth. And that certainly is the case for the law of attraction. It actually is, a, it's a new thought belief that became popular in the 1850s. And it's a belief that positive or negative thoughts alone bring positive or negative experiences into a person's life. It's a pseudoscience and it's based on incorrect assumptions. And so I thought I would talk about that a little bit today. It's based on the idea that people and their thoughts are made from pure energy. And that like energy attracts like energy. Therefore, allowing people 
to improve their health and their wealth and their personal relationships because they are attracting that health and wealth and personal relationships. So it's a belief that the universe creates and provides for you everything that your thoughts are focused on. It's believed by many to be a universal law, and that's a common phrase that's used by people who advocate, who are advocates of the law of attraction, that it's a universal law. And they like to use the phrase, like always attracts like. Mm -hmm. And the results of these positive thoughts are always positive consequences, but the same holds true for negative thoughts. Negative thoughts, according to the law of attraction, always lead to bad outcomes. So in a nutshell, that's kind of the definition. It's had a lot of supporters since the 1800s. Uh, a man who is probably considered the founder was a gentleman named Phineas Quimby. He died around 1866. He actually, uh, Mary Baker Eddy, who uh, founded a religion, uh, went to see him. He was a mesmerist, and he claimed that he could heal people of their ailments, which doctors could not cure. And that's what he claimed, and supposedly there were some people that visited him, and through his arts, uh, through his influence, he was able to cure them. Mm -hmm. And there was another gentleman who became very popular, was considered a co-founder. His name was Wallace Waddles. We could call him kind of a self-help guru. And then in 2006, um, the idea exploded with a book by Rhonda Byrne called The Secret, and the secret was also made into a film. And over the years, it has had a lot of uh, followers, a lot of advocates and names that most people would recognize, like Napoleon Hill was an advocate of the law of attraction, Norman Vincent Peale. So you can see that with uh, some uh, Christian religious leaders, they also were attracted to uh, this concept, to W. Clement Stone, a gentleman who died recently who was very popular bob proctor is his name has a lot of youtube videos and all of these are advocates and have been advocates there are many others who most people their names they wouldn't realize so here's some of the beliefs i thought i would just mention some of the beliefs of the law of attraction yeah i think that would be good to unpack that a little bit yeah well sure one of them is that the universe sets your life purpose according to your thoughts. So you attract, in essence, what you want. It's as if the universe has a mystic magic wand and it gives you what you desire or want. And whatever happens to you basically is because of you alone. If you are attracting good things, it's because the universe is giving you what you desire and what you want. If you're attracting bad things, it's because the universe gives you what you desire or what you want. But the reality is, is that the universe doesn't give ditly squat about your feelings or what you want. It has nothing to do with what we do in our lives. And so, what they do is they replace the concept of, of what we would call God with the concept of the universe providing, uh, again, like with a mystic magic wand, whatever it is that you're thinking about, that you desire, that you're attracting is exactly what you get like a gift from the universe. Uh, with this mindset, challenges, when you go through challenges in life, they're considered negative thoughts. So you are supposed to avoid challenges 
uh, to ignore the challenges, to pretend the challenges aren't there. Uh, This belief depends on an unshakable faith with the universe. Again, if a bad thing happens to you, it's because you've attracted that bad thing and it's your fault. You are told not to get involved with anything negative like charities or helping the needy because the belief is is this will attract more negativity and poverty in your life if you get involved with things like charities or helping the needing. You're told to give your attention wholly to riches and ignore poverty. And this includes avoiding any kind of support groups. Uh, If you have a, a mental challenge or if you have physical illnesses and you need therapy, or you need to be part of a support group. Maybe you, your spouse has died and you're part of a support group to encourage others and for them to encourage you. That's also considered negative and you are discouraged and told not to get involved in any kind of support groups. And then you're told not to think about plans and actions following up on what you're trying to attract because those are considered discordant and negative. They show a lack of faith in Mm -hmm. the universe. So you are told to skip any planning and focus on just the end result, what that desire is that you have that will and to live without any regard to the present to pretend like you already have received what it is that you are trying to attract. So you alone are completely responsible for any goal that was not successfully achieved. And this assumes that you, of course, can not only control your own thoughts and actions, but it also assumes that you can control everyone around you and even nature itself, because sometimes bad things happen in nature that certainly are outside of our control. Think of the recent fire in Maui, fires going on. So the the idea expands to the point where the only reason anything bad could ever happen to you is that you were thinking or attracting bad thoughts. So here's to the point of ridiculousness that it gets to if children are getting killed by terrorists, if sick babies are in the intensive care unit, if there are victims of floods, fires, hurricanes, natural disasters, the Holocaust, it basically says that it's their fault because they were attracting these disasters upon themselves. Greg, I hadn't realized that it had gone you know, to that. I know I had heard mm-hmm. of the law of attraction, that good attracts good and that, and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, this goes to a, a dimension that is just very counterproductive. And I, th- and I think of bad things coming to people because they dwell on it. I think of people like uh, Patriarch Job, for example, you know, mm-hmm. he had everything going. He was positive. He was rich. He had everything uh, in his direction. And then all of a sudden, there was the trials that came upon him. And sure. What the longest book, one of the longest books in the Bible, kind of talks about the fact that there was a purpose from from God to teach certain mm-hmm. lessons uh, in that. And it's just really hard to imagine that you're kind of giving yourself over to forces in one sense, that are in your control, but out of your, out of your control at the same mm-hmm. time. So uh, this is a little troubling to me, Greg. Please explain. Okay, well, sure. It goes on. When you expand what we've been talking about so far, it basically teaches that you can think or you can attract your way to a perfect state of health. You can attract a perfect body, the perfect weight, eternal youth, 
riches, you can bring it into being through your consistent thinking of perfection. And there's a lot of emphasis through some of the practitioners on perfection. But the reality is, is, is life is not perfect. And if this is so powerful, then how come all of the believers and practitioners in this eventually die? Uh, if you yeah. can attract your way to perfect health, then why do the practitioners like everyone else uh, grow old and die? So in contrasting to that, to, to what real positive coaching is, is I want to contrast what I teach with what the law of attraction is. So what I teach is a right mindset, and that is thinking and talking positively about a situation increases your energy and your motivation, your productivity, and you end up getting more results and greater success and thankfulness. With a positive mindset, you rarely quit. This has nothing to do with some magnetic force connecting with the universe. Having a right mindset simply gives you the desire to keep going and keep doing things when most people quit and give up. Again, the universe doesn't owe you anything when you have a positive mindset. Even negative events are easier. You accept negative events. You don't believe that they happen because somehow you brought them or attracted them to yourself. That's part of living. That's part of being in a physical world is that there's going to be positive and there's going to be negative. And we are intended to learn through all of those events. But when you have a positive mindset, even the negative events you experience are easy. As a matter of fact, compared to other people, some of the things that they determine to be negative events, the exact same thing you'll look at is just another day. You won't even look at it as a, with, as a negative event when you have a positive right mindset. That's because you see a deeper purpose in both positive and negative situations. You know that they're both valuable. The negatives aren't a punishment because you attracted the wrong things. The negatives are there because they are part of a process for you to mature and grow as a human being through all of life's experiences. And what I coach is action-oriented, unlike the law of attraction, which uh, implies that somehow taking action is a lack of faith, that by doing those things, you are telling the universe that you doubt. Um, action is taking choices. It's making the right life choices to plan your own future rather than attracting the universe or expecting the universe to do it for you. Again, the universe itself doesn't care. If you look out beyond this beautiful planet we have and we live on, you know what you see? Nothing. So the universe can't do anything for us. What I'm hearing from this, you know, and, and both of us have a background not only of this type of learning, Mm -hmm. and experiences in the secular sphere is almost a parallel with uh, a theology from, from God, you know, who is a source of good and also mm -hmm. uh, one who allows uh, certain things that are evil, you know, and, and, and he allows them and there's a purpose in it. So in a way, appears to be an attempt to try to reach the secular world saying, okay, you don't believe in a universe with, with God and a divine a divinity. Well, here's something else that that may fit it, it and it may work. And I'm thinking about the universe mm -hmm. not caring for you. I, I went to a 
presentation one time about investments, you know, and they talked about how you can fall in love with a particular stock that you own. You may fall in love with Amazon. You may fall <laughs> in love with IBM. You may just not want to give it up because you love it so much. But you know something? IBM doesn't love you. Amazon doesn't love mm -hmm. you. They'll drop you in a second. They'll throw you under the bus right away for, for their benefit. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so it's, you could wish yourself into a delusional state of uh, wanting something that just doesn't exist. And yet we have revelation. So we have revelation that shows that, mm -hmm. you know, that there is a way. So this is very interesting. Uh, I, I hadn't known that much about the law of attraction. I had heard about it and I had had some contact you know, with people uh, in it in kind of a new age type of uh, environment. Yeah, I think they are. I mean, there is a what we might say a non-Christian approach to uh, trying to live life and replacing God with what they term the universe and then putting some mystical, again, new age a spin on what the universe is and what it does for us. Mm -hmm. So there is definitely an agenda there and it goes back to its founder. So I, I emphasize action, which again is contrary to the principle of the law of attraction. Peter Drucker once said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. And that's why I emphasize, and in past podcasts, we've talked about a mission statement, right? We've mm -hmm. talked about the importance of personal goals. We've talked about the need for growth. We've talked about the need for change and choice. So these are all part of action, of actually doing something. And I realize and I understand and I teach people that challenges are a natural part of life. It's the result, it's the price you pay for living. Sometimes bad things happen to really good people. And it's not because you brought it upon yourself because you attracted uh, tragedy or you attracted negativity to yourself. It's just part of the process of living in a physical world. And what, one thing, Greg, that as I look back on the first 10 podcasts that we've had, mm -hmm. we've done about one a month. We've, we've been doing this for over a year now. And, wow. And one of, the, one of the central themes, or if you want to call it a theme, is uh, making choices. I mean, mm -hmm. whether, whether it's personal leadership or whether it's um, business leadership, it all relates to making choices. Well, you, you, are, you have that power, you know, even in a society or even in a culture or even with a politic that uh, may be oppressive, you still have choices. You still have a mind mm -hmm. to make certain choices. So um, I feel like that's, that's a central theme and very, very important in what we do, even biblically, you know, we're told to choose this day, which mm -hmm. way you will go. And sure. in other words, choose life <laughs> with choices. Mm -hmm. You know, here, do this, don't do that, and here's why. But you still have to make the choice. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's going to experience a certain amount of time and chance uh, that is outside of our control. Again, those are the challenges. That is part, that is the price we pay for being physical beings and for life. And that in itself, is not negative it's we should have an expectation that there is a certain amount of time and chance that happens outside of our control but that's actually a minimal part of our lives because the truth is that one of two things happen in our life and this is regarding making choices either you make your own choices 
or someone or something else is going to make decisions for you. Absolutely. So in other words, right, either you choose the direction and the major opportunities in your life or something else does. And as I've said before, this world, the day that you and I were born, Vic, has a default mission statement for every human being on earth. And it has statements like um, use people, uh, use substances, uh, abuse things, you follow the golden rule. He who has the gold makes all the rules, right? It's very negative. It's very pragmatic. It's selfish. And it basically says, if you do nothing because of the culture that you were born in, if you don't have your own mission statement, you will be swept along with everyone else and basically have the values and the interest that your culture says you should have. Might makes right. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Yeah, and that's part of the default mission statement that exists for everyone who's born in this world if they don't have their own. So, therefore, we want to make sure that we're making our own choices mm-hmm. and that we have our own mission. We understand what our mission is. Then we're creating action goals to support that mission and help the completion of that mission and that we are making those choices. The difference between a positive and negative attitude is a personal choice. When we wake up every morning, we get to choose on whether we're gonna have a negative attitude or a positive attitude. We choose our thoughts and our attitudes become a reflection of the habits of our thinking. And if we're habitually negative, then our attitude is negative. If we're habitually positive, then our attitude is going to be positive. And, and you know, Greg, one thing that you know this uh, really points to is that if you make enough good choices, even mm-hmm. when they're painful, because there are bad choices we could make that lead us to quick returns and quick rewards of, mm-hmm. of uh, substance abuse, of, of uh, addictions, you know, that do give you temporary relief, you know, for a few seconds, right. and then you pay. Sure. But then there are choices that you make that my wife and I, you know, we've gone through so many things, you know, in our career in the ministry. We've seen the good, bad, and ugly. And, you know, we've, we've survived mm-hmm. through some very, very tempestuous times. But we always had a mantra that we lived by that always good will win out over evil, that mm-hmm. we keep making good choices, and ultimately they, that will pay off. That ultimately there is, you know, a God, you know, who does see what you do and the choices that you make, and you are rewarded, so to speak, if you want to use that language, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for making those choices. And I have found that it has never failed. I have always seen that good wins out over evil, right wins out over wrong, and making those choices will lead to those outcomes. Yeah, Vic, you're absolutely right, and sometimes it does take time. Sometimes even right or truth will be rejected for a period of time and something else replace it. But it will always come back Mm -hmm. because it's tested and it's true. So it eventually will make a return and people will accept it and understand that it was right and true uh, after a certain period of time. So when when we're making our personal choices, if 
we allow our choices to be undeveloped and uncontrolled and we're just going with the flow of this culture and this society, then the end result is, is that our attitudes are going to be driven by fear. And our biggest form of motivation suddenly becomes fear. And fear is, of course, the least effective form of motivation. The emotion, the emotion of fear has its good points. It, it acts to protect us so, so we don't touch a hot stove. So there are things that we don't do that are dangerous, and that's good. However, many people develop the habit of responding to most circumstances of life from an emotion of fear. And again, it is the least effective form of motivation. People can draw and develop an immunity to fear. You go to the uh, major prisons in the United States, and here you'll see human beings that are imprisoned. And fear no longer works on the hardened criminals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they say, kill me. Who cares? Right. So, mm -hmm. so shoot me, kill me. I don't care anymore. They have nothing to live for. So here we applied all of this fear and they developed an immunity from it. Fear has to constantly be provided from the outside in order for a person to internalize it and feel fearful. So it's not very effective and it leads to negative and uh, unproductive results. So we have to understand that we got to get away from this fear cycle and we have to realize the importance of being positive, of doing everything we can to live a productive and positive life. Some things that fear does that I want to talk about. Mm. First of all, fear paralyzes action. I've been talking about the importance of taking action in our lives. Negative attitudes get in the way of positive, productive action because it's just I, I can't. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. Therefore, I am going to do nothing. So fear paralyzes action. Fear actually supports and reinforces failure. So negative attitudes find comfort in failure because it offers an excuse to quit or to blame something or someone else. So fear tells us we can't do it. We shouldn't do it. We're someone with a positive attitude, though they may face the same obstacles and though they may experience some fear, overcome that fear and continue on long after the fearful have quit and crawled back into their shell because there's a cycle uh, that's being uh, repeated over and over again where the fear creates and stimulates failure. The failure supports the fear and their lives just continue in that cycle fear also eliminates personal ownership of possible solutions mm -hmm. when we're fearful and we have a negative attitude it prevents the creation of solutions it destroys creative energy and it destroys our motivation to do the hard things whereas again if you have a positive mental attitude and you're not restricted by living a fearful life you are more than willing to attempt to do the hard things. And you go on and on and on trying to do wonderful and new things when the negative and the fearful quit a long time ago. You know, Greg, I wanted to make a comment about that too, mm -hmm. if, I, if I may here. Please. I, I have worked with work groups of people, teams uh, on a job, whether, whether it be an editorial project or whether it be a project uh, dealing, relating with personnel. 
And when I found a positive, constructive uh, spirit uh, in the group, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's just really turned on. And a lot of it had sure. to do with the relationships and a feeling of can do and positive and you're being reinforced mm-hmm. by, let's just be very honest with compliments, with uh, approval, mm-hmm. with uh, support. All of a sudden, you are entering a world of multipliers where you can accomplish things, you can write things, you can create, you can create miracles, so to speak, if you want to put it that way. But mm-hmm. a dampened spirit, you know, which even the Book of Proverbs points out, you know, kind of makes the spirit kind of curl inside, yeah, and, and it almost can, kind of collapses on itself. And even though somebody could whip somebody, uh, it, it doesn't do any good. Just like that expression that you've heard, you know, that the beatings will stop once morale improves. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. You know, people, right. people have <laughs> just the wrong, wrong uh, priority to those things. And so what you're saying is absolutely correct as far as the spirit of things. And that's what needs to be looked at is to the crucible of where those, where that action takes place. There are times when you feel like you want to make successful moves. Or you could be one that mm-hmm. really sabotages the, the work of others because you are so despondent or angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it, that happens every day in the business world. There are people who work for organizations that are discouraged, uh, bitter, angry, some of them passive aggressive, and they do everything they can to destroy the organization. Uh, rather than support it and do the do the things that really need to be done, and that is a common problem mm-hmm. in our workplace today. Mm-hmm. So all of our experiences in life are always going to be a mix of good and bad. And again, it has nothing to do with what you're attracting. Uh, that's life. That's what happens. Good things happen. Bad things happen. But the key is, is that your responses to whatever happens to you in life can always be on the bright side. They can always be positive and productive in spite of what happens. Mm-hmm. I personally experienced in seeing doctors years ago when I had leukemia and I went in for protocol and I went in to talk to a doctor at Ohio State University to begin treatment. He told me with all the people that he saw, he could tell in advance who was going to respond to treatment and who was not going to be responding well to chemotherapy or, or treatment because of whether they had a positive or negative attitude about the cancer and about what they were about to experience in the treatment of their cancer. Mm -hmm. So our responses can continue to be positive and productive in spite of what happens to us, uh, in spite of even some of the negative things that uh, happen to us. It's it's interesting that Mm -hmm. even in a world of people who believe in God or do not believe in God, that... uh, 40 to 50% of atheists pray, which which is to me mm-hmm. just a, a bizarre statistic. I mean, who are they mm-hmm. praying to, whatever, but they realize, or they just want to reach out to something out there just in case they're there or, or whatever. But they realize that they want to reach out and be positive in that way rather than totally shut their life off from any other consciousness. So I, I find it very interesting that there's a desire in human beings to realize that there is good that can come from positive thinking, whether you believe in a deity or not. Yeah, definitely. Um, Think about choice and having a positive attitude as a personal power. Mm -hmm. Think of it as your own personal superpower, because you have 
the ability to decide what you're going to do next in life, what areas that you're going to focus on, what areas you're no longer going to focus on, what decisions you can make and what things you're going to avoid because you don't think that they're good or, or healthy for you. So this choice represents the most significant resource mm-hmm. that humankind have and each and every one of us to a certain degree has that power of choice. So attitude and choice, it's not a gimmick. Uh, our lives represent the cumulative impact of our choices. And yes, there is a mixture of time and chance involved in all of our lives, but overall our lives represent the total impact of the choices that we've made for years. And, and these choices paint the color of our emotional space. It determines the outline of our futures. As someone once said to me, your attitudes are the profits of your future. Mm-hmm. So our, our attitudes can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. We subliminally work to achieve what we believe. We may not state it outwardly, But what we're thinking in our heads and what we believe about ourselves and believe about others in our heads, we are subliminally working to achieve those things. It can't be any other way because that's how we're thinking. Therefore, it's got to affect our actions and what we do. Yeah, the the expression, you know, I've worked with a lot of people about pastoral ministry. There were people that are really can-do people. They could make things happen out of nothing, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And then there are people that, ah, that won't work. That won't work and just be very negative. The expression, they said it couldn't be done, and they were right. (laughs) (laughs) uh, That type of mentality doesn't really reach anywhere. And it's oftentimes under duress, under trial, that some of the greatest inventions, they say that necessity is the mother of invention. Necessity, Mm -hmm. you've got to have this thing work. And so to make it work, you've got to find solutions. Uh, And people who find solutions are the ones that are the ones who are leaders because people follow them because they lead them to something good. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So I'd like to talk about accountability a little bit, because that's another thing that um, I emphasize that you will not find in a lot of the literature regarding um, thinking about the law of attraction. Accountability is important and it's a choice and we have to make that choice absolutely and positively to be accountable for all the things that we do. Accountability pushes us beyond our self-imposed limitations. If you want to be tomorrow something that you are not today, that's going to require the development of an untapped potential. Doing more of the same never raises us to another level. And we have to hold ourselves accountable, not blame the universe, not blame other people, uh, not blame ministers, not blame our boss, not blame our spouses, Mm -hmm. not blame our children, but accept accountability for our own choices and the the decisions that we make. Uh, We have to stretch outside or beyond our comfort zone. And that means that we have to be accountable and we have to accept our accountability to do that. Accountability is not comfortable. Doing new things are risky and they're often uncomfortable. So it's important for us, and that's one thing I emphasize in my coaching practice, is that we all accept the uh, important desire and need for accountability. And you have to be accountable 
in a way that's not just about you, it's all about you, but how it affects the people close to you and about their lives as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. So again, I want to emphasize that there's, in life, there's always good and bad that's going to occur. There's always some good in a bad situation, and there's always some bad in a good situation. So the question is, what are we going to choose to focus on? Mm-hmm. Your focus will determine whether you live a life of celebration or desperation. And some people, because they have developed through self-discipline and through a lot of effort, a, a positive mental attitude, they have decided they're going to live a life of celebration, even through the bad things, even through the difficult things. Other people, even though if they've been given so much and they are so incredibly blessed, continue to live lives of desperation. Mm-hmm. Again, it's that glass half empty. There is, from their perspective, there's always something lacking. It's never enough. There's this deep-seated sense of entitlement. How come I don't have what everyone else has? And it's better to grow through your experiences than simply go through your experiences. So mm-hmm. we can use every experience to grow. And if we can focus on the right kind of things, even in a bad situation, we can look for that silver lining. We can realize that in spite of that situation, we are still blessed in so many other wonderful ways that life is good and that we are still able to celebrate what we have and the things that we do in spite of the situations that we have. You know, and Greg, too, that when you become a leader or when when you are recognized as a leader, it's not because you read a book and just have those little points mm-hmm. bulleted and you just have them tucked away in a three-by-five card, uh, whatever, right. somewhere. But it's because you've lived through them. You've lived through some of the hardship in it. There was one person that I interviewed. Uh, well, you know, actually, actually uh, it, it's a book about uh, reconciliation, and uh, he was the author of it. And I thought, boy, these are really brilliant points. Uh, he, mm-hmm. He's really brilliant. And in the interview he brought out, the reason I wrote about this is not because I was good at it, but because I was not good at it, and I mm-hmm. wanted to be better mm-hmm. at it. He said it's because it was a skill sure. that I did not have, and I wanted to have it, and he learned it through experiences, mm-hmm. perhaps saying that I wish I would have done it this way, or now I know what to do, but it's be- becoming hardened or it's becoming your tensile strength improved because of going through trial, sometimes a fiery trial, where you then mm-hmm. can become a leader and can become someone looked up to because they know you've gone through it. They know that you've experienced it, and you know that their words are true. Yeah, he he has credibility because he made the choice to change himself. He Mm -hmm. made the choice to learn more, to go through certain experiences and become a leader in that area where he recognized before he made that choice that that was an area he was weak in, Mm -hmm. and he wasn't very good at that at all. So he's to be certainly commended for that. The, the last thing I want to emphasize today in this podcast that, that I work very heavily with a lot of people is to begin to refuse to worry. I tell people that if it isn't life-threatening, let it go. I am just stunned by so many people that I meet who, who go through the process of worry, and they spend more time in worrying than working to make things better. They're just, it, it seems to be wired into us, and worry is a subset, by the way, of negativity. 
of having a negative mindset. Worry steals today's happiness. You can't be happy today, no matter how blessed you are, if you constantly have going on in the back of your mind this worry, which is, by the way, also a subset of fear. We talked about that a little bit earlier. We have to let go of our worries and you really can learn and you can train yourself to refuse to worry because worrying doesn't help us. It doesn't solve anything. Some people behave the same way all the time because of worry. They're stuck in a worry cycle because they keep on worrying about their problems. They refuse to let them go. And this is just repeated in their minds. It's like an albatross around their neck all day long they are worrying about certain things this is so important that that some religious cultures emphasize the importance of letting go of all of your problems taking them to god or or talking about them in prayer and stop worrying about so many things in life because again worrying goes ahead and it steals our daily happiness so let's think about the importance of that Again, if it's not life-threatening, then don't dwell on it all the time. And if, if there's action that can be taken, then take that action and you can eliminate the need for even worrying about what that may be, whether it's financial or, or health-wise or whatever. Do what you can do and then let it go and move on. And don't allow that worrying in the back of your mind to be there all the time, to be pulling you down, to be pulling you into a negative mindset and to be stealing a little bit of your happiness uh, each and every day. Well, one thing, one, one thing, Greg, too, mm -hmm. is, is uh, we live in the COVID, post-COVID uh, oh, yes. era right now. Mental health has declined depression has increased uh, you know I've, I've talked to people that work with uh, mental health and all the all these things really do need support and treatment and counseling and I'm glad that you're bringing this up because I do feel like there are people that are just very distressed because of money the economy peace their children all this transgender woke stuff you know is just very mm -hmm. very very troubling you know to families where they see their families dismantling even the uh, uh, political situation in the country where you have one candidate who is you know mentally hampered another one that may be in jail i mean it's just yeah, you know, yeah exactly I mean, you you, you yeah. have just craziness that you're that, that you're looking at uh, plus what is the world thinking what's going to happen in ukraine you, you're just under this constant gun of uh, negativity. And so you have to be mm -hmm. reinforced. You've got to come out with some things that are proactive to be able to uh, fight against the, that. You certainly do, because if you think negatively, you'll speak negatively. And if you speak negatively, you eventually will also act negatively. It can't be any other way. Talking negatively about any situation will always seem to make things worse. We're just we're creating that feed loop back in our heads that is reinforcing the negativity. But talking positively about a situation will always seem to increase our energy and our motivation and our productivity and all of our results because being positive, again, helps us to continue doing the difficult things when other people have quit and given up. So we want to learn to phrase things positively. Think in terms of I can, 
I will, it can, it will. And to have a positive approach to life and a positive approach to every experience that we may go through. I'll give you one example and and uh, conclude the podcast today, okay. and I hope you'll have me back. But there was an experiment, and one experiment, they gave 12 students plain ordinary rats, and six of the students were told they had highly intelligent rats, and the other six were told they had the dumbest, laziest, slowest rats that could be found. And both groups were told to teach their rats to go through a maze. So at the end of six months, the psychologist brought these students back. The first group of students had developed the most amazing, high-performance, acrobatic rats you could imagine. They could go through any maze with ease. The other group failed to teach their rats even the most basic maneuvers to get through the maze. And in both cases, the rats were the same. What was the difference? The beliefs of the students were different. Mm -hmm. Those who expected achievement got achievement because they worked towards it. They did the training, the coaching. They did their due diligence. And those who anticipated failure, they got failure. They didn't spend the needed time training their rats. They didn't believe they could do it. They had convinced themselves that their rats were the laziest, slowest, dumbest rats that had ever been bred on planet Earth, and they didn't even put forth the effort. So that's an important thing for us to remember, to stop negative thoughts from entering our mind and take a positive perspective on life, on everything that happens, and we can make that choice as we begin each and every day. Absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, you know, this has just been a very, very insightful podcast. Maybe even the one that's been the most insightful of all, because we really got into a lot of points of where we had to make choices, mm -hmm. even in what things we talk about, how we sure, how right. we how we view them, and the good and bad and ugly of it all. This has been just very, very interesting talking to you, Greg. Good. Well, thank you, Vic. I hope you will have me back in the future. I'd like to talk about. Uh, how we can all be better communicators. I'd like to talk about some techniques and some skill sets we can use to learn to better communicate with our spouses, within people in our community, in the workplace, in our families, in our church congregations. So I hope you'll have me back and we can begin talking about that in the future. Well, you have an open invitation and we certainly want to have you back. Sorry about the gap that we had between the last one, but there's just been a lot happening here. And I was hoping that you weren't losing interest. So I'm glad that you. <laughs> I'm glad that you. No, are, not at all. I'm glad that you are wanting to be on the podcast here, that we can produce something that could be helpful to the audience we're talking to. You bet. Sure. Thanks oh, again. Okay. Thank you very much, Greg. I really appreciate you very much and the work that you do and uh, the effect that you have on so many people. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to us today on the Cubic Report. We welcome you to share this podcast and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, and many other platforms. You can easily find us at any browser address box by typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. Remember, Cubic is spelled K-U-B-I-K. We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at vcubic at gmail.com 
That's V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.